I'm Amanda, and this is Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. Hi, guys. Welcome to today's episode. I have Amanda Bauer with me today. She is a quilt pattern designer, a quilter, a lover of all things crafty. She's a girl after my own heart. Um, We also have kids in similar ages, which is kind of fun, but um, I do just want to preface this episode with saying that Amanda and I get in pretty deep on some of our kind of emotional struggles within the quilting community. So, um, you know, I think the less nervous I get about being myself out here, the more open I feel about talking about my experiences with quilting and the quilting community and, and the things that I hope to, you know, hope I'm bringing improvement to. But anyway, I just really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do too. And go check her stuff out online. She's at the quilt it list, not the, she's at quilt it list on Instagram and you can find her at alebcreative.com. Um, she's got some great stuff out there. She's got some patterns coming out this later this spring. So be watching for that. Otherwise help me welcome Amanda. Uh, just to clarify really quick. So you have your A Lee B creative is your design, com- your yeah pattern design company. Yeah. And as much as I love quilted list, I had an epiphany in the middle of the night that because what I really want to be doing at the moment, I am very much a person who goes, goes where where the paths lead, where the doors open, all of the things, you know, following Mm -hmm. the natural progression kind of a thing. And at the moment that is pattern design. So as much as I love quilted list, um, I'm, I'm going to probably be focusing on Ailey B with pattern design for the foreseeable future. So hopefully I can get back to quilted list eventually, but yeah. Okay. Well, that's understandable. Yeah. And I like the concept and I like the idea and I like to do all of the things, but right now I'm like execution. I have ideas aplenty, but execution is the problem. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm like pattern designs are just coming and I need to like execute them and yeah, all the things. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, in my opinion, I think that's admirable of listening to yourself and listening to where where your creativity is leading you, because I think we have all the knowing of the answers inside our bodies and we just have to listen to it. And yeah, I think if that's what all the signs are pointing to for you, then I say, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So what got you into quilting? Where, where did you jump into this pool? Uh, been doing art, been doing needle arts my whole life. Um, but quilting, I did not start until about 2013. My mother dragged me into it, kicking and screaming. (laughs) Um, I did not need another hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not a lot of space and plenty of hobbies to, to fill that space. And my mom's like, no, you need to start quilting. And I'm like, okay, fine. So (laughs) we are. Yeah. That sounds like my beginnings. I got kicked, dragged kicking and screaming as well by my besties. So yeah, you got to love it. Sometimes it, it, it works out. You're like, oh, okay, fine. All right. I suppose you were right. Mm-hmm. Like, fine. I guess I'll give you that credit. <laughs> yeah, not for sure. Yeah. Did you instantly love it or did it take you some time to kind of get into it? 
Um, instantly loved it. Uh, however, because I definitely was not in a position to quilt by check, I dove in headfirst to all of the things. So mm-hmm. started quilting uh, immediately with um, with my smaller tops and whatnot, and then decided, hey, I jumped into designing immediately because one of my favorite quilt patterns that I've done, um, I'd actually designed about probably 2014, managed to screw it up uh, before I figured out how to make it, how to make it work. But um, from the get-go, Wow. was just interested in doing all of the things. Yeah. That's so cool. I, I'm like, I, yeah, I identify with that too. I was immediately hooked. I've always loved fabrics though. I think my mom's always sewn. And so even as yeah. a little kid, I've been exposed to, you know, sewing in apparel and just different fabrics and all the different crafty things we've done it all. We've done, you know, the scrapbooking, stamping, We've got crickets, we've got the Sizzix, we've got all the types of things, you know, we'd make, make our own, you know, bath bombs and, uh-huh. you know, just all the little things, beading and weaving and mm-hmm. all <laughs> think, of them. Yeah. And now, you know, being homeschooled too, like we had a lot of time to fill the day in the day. So we'd do our schoolwork and then we'd do something fun and crafty. So nice. Anyway. So what, um, like what machines are you sewing on? What do you have? Um, I currently have a Juki TL-18. Um, I had decided I had a, a used machine that I was like, I, pr- I should probably replace this. I mean, that was um, my primary, but I was thinking that I was going to go spend, you know, three or four grand on a, on a replacement for that. And luckily um, there was a, owner of a local quilt shop who said why don't you look at this particular machine it's a straight stitch only mm. um hands down the best machine I've ever had wow um I do have a long arm as well that does not live with me it lives with my sister but um love love that uh that's an Anova M24 so those are the two two things I use okay I've never used a Juki but I I just hear that people who have them just absolutely love them. So I haven't heard anybody complain about this one. Um, It is incredibly fast. And if you are primarily doing piecing and free motion quilting, it is by far the the best thing that you can get because it's under two grand. It is a workhorse. Like the thing just never quits. That's amazing. And that's what you really want, right? You don't want to have to have all these little different, parts and pieces and sometimes the extra bells and whistles can just get in the way and it's like now this thing's broken I don't even use that part of it and but I can't do the thing I need to do because that part's broken it's just like yeah I think those extras can just be a mess (laughs) yeah and it's funny because every every time I talk to somebody they've got their go-to regular machine but even anybody who does the decorative stitching and the embroidery and all that they've got multiple machines Mm -hmm. for that very reason Mm -hmm. you know and especially if they're doing any kind of embroidery like that holds that machine hostage so even Mm -hmm. even if you were able to just sew on it it would it would not be what you would be doing because it's busy so yeah yeah, that's our case. I mean, we have, we were just using, you know, my mom's had her Bernina 
930 for a hundred million years. And I say that with all the love and respect in the world, but it's, yeah. you know, that's a little older than I am. And, um, but then we got our first Bernina and it was a used refurbished with embroidery. Cause we were like, Oh, we want to start making quilt labels. And mm-hmm. then we got another new, new to us used Bernina that also has embroidery. So it's like, yeah, if one, if one's embroidering, we were kind of like, okay, we only have one machine, but now we can have all three machines working <laughs> if we yeah. need to. So it's kind of like, oh yeah, you need, you need multi tasking situation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I like, I, my personal machine is just like the most basic model that brother makes. Mm-hmm. Um, and say it has some decorative stitches on it, but I just use it for just straight stitch piecing and it's great. I, have had it since I'm since I started that's exact like I got it yeah six years ago when I started quilting and for a hundred bucks and it's the best hundred dollars I've ever spent because it still works like a charm yeah you know that's funny I I have a real strong opinion about anybody who says oh these are the things that you need if you want to start quilting you need a good machine no you need a running machine Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I was using the Singer sewing machine from Sears that my husband balked at getting me when we were first married, but he did it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I was quilting actual quilts on that with free motion. And so you also don't have to drop your feet dogs. You yeah. can set your stitch length to zero and move on with life. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm like, no, you just need a running machine and a quarter inch foot. You're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's such a low barrier to entry. Yeah. Like in actuality, you can, it's like, you want to listen to people say what their preferences are. Sure. But Mm -hmm. that's their preferences. But like, I did a whole little series of like mini series, I guess, of like, just like ways you can get into quilting for like low entry, super easy pop in. Here's a cheap machine. Here's some inexpensive tools that will help you out. And, you know, like, I think I was clear in saying like, I prefer these things, but you don't have to have them and whatever, but just showing that like, you don't really need a lot to get started. No. And I think I did. I know I did a blog post years ago about this very topic, but my thought is just the bare bones, because as you grow in uh, quilting, you will figure out what you like. But if you spent, you know, $3,000 on a really fancy sewing machine that does all of this cool stuff that you realize, I don't actually like to do that kind of stuff. I just mm-hmm. need the basics. And mm-hmm. instead, I want to spend all of my money on fabric, or I want all of the rulers or what have you, you know, you've got the basic stuff that you want. And then the stuff that you upgrade as you go. Mm-hmm. But yeah. just to get started, it's like, don't go broke getting into this yeah yeah exactly it's like you can get in for so inexpensive and and then grow from there just like you said it's you know you can try things and if you don't like them then you don't have to do them and you know if you're like and then you don't have to feel bad that you spent a bunch of money on if you're like okay I didn't like that but guess what I didn't I didn't spend six thousand dollars on all of these things and Mm -hmm. I'm going to move on to this other area that I love more Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes those, those costs hold people hostage to mm-hmm. that thing that they thought they wanted. And instead of just saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot and switch gears and 
do the thing that I really want to be doing instead of the thing I feel like I have to do. Yep. So that's, that's good advice. I like that. Cause I think I try to advocate for that too. Just go, go start low, start easy yeah. and then, and then work your way up. But it doesn't have to be like this super high and hard barrier yeah to start but so what I guess what is your designing process like because you said you have tons of ideas and you have all these patterns that you want to create so what is that process like for you um it kind of depends like there are occasions when you're like oh I really like that block and something just jumps off from there or there's fabric that I'm like ooh got to do something with this fabric and I've got a pre-cut with it. So what do I want to do with it? So a lot of things come from just whatever happened to inspire me working within kind of the limits of um, what I've got, you know, with me. So Mm -hmm. literally this morning I was tearing apart because I managed to turn my pieces the wrong direction. Um, That's the worst. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when you already put your rows together, you're like, Oh, (laughs) obscenities, Mm -hmm. all the obscenities. Um, Mm -hmm. But I had a specific amount of fabric that I had to work within. Uh, This is an obnoxious fish quilt for my husband. So um, (laughs) I had bought this fabric. It's been sitting in the stash. This is on my list of things to do to get rid of stash, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, so what can I do? with what I have. I didn't really want to go buy a bunch of stuff. Um, Fun fact, now I have more fish fabric than this quilt requires. However, apparently the guilt will get a charity quilt for a guy. Oh, there you go. Hey, (laughs) who knew? (laughs) But yeah, but when you're working within the limits, you're like, I only have, you know, two yards of this and let's figure out where to place it and, and what to do with it so that 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 works um so it really just kind of depends and what I've started doing is putting any ideas that I've got um whether it's drafting them on graph paper or eq I will print them out and then I will put them in a binder so that I can go back and figure math and piecing techniques when that part of my brain happens to be working or, you know, whatever the case may be, I just Mm -hmm. go back to that, that binder and see what I've got going on and work on, work on stuff. So I wanted to do, wanted to do something a couple of days ago and I did force myself to go back through my binder and decide, okay, which pattern would this fabric work in? Cause if I was going to go buy new fabric, I had to, I had to use it for a pattern. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I mean, who needs, who needs too many excuses to buy fabric, but I, I think that's a good, you know, a good excuse. You're like, I'm, I'm a pattern designer. I have to go get new fabrics to make my designs. Well, and I was really trying not to, but I was like, oh, the designer got me. Mm-hmm. He posted Thanks. something and I was like, I wanted that fabric anyways. You jerk. Why'd <laughs> you post those two things together? And I was like, dang it. Yeah. So it's the trick of the trade, right? Like, cool. I was going to quilt my stash, but here Mm -hmm. I am at the quilt shop. (laughs) Here I am. And I need to, I need to up my game on that because, you know, Mm -hmm. marketing, it's a thing. Yeah. I'm a sucker, but I don't, I'm not sad. (laughs) No. No, Well, I I like the binder concept too, because that's like, 
that's such a nice reference. You can just go back. It's not like an idea popped in your head and you let it flit away. Like, yeah. And I've done that plenty. And so the binder was something I decided to do. Oh, probably early December. Mm. Um, I was in the same quilt pattern writing class as Ashlyn and Rada were in the fall. And so I was trying to make use of all of the ideas and trying to come up with some system because I like I like systems to make things easier. And I was like, mm-hmm. let me, let me try something different because clearly the random pieces of paper don't work. <laughs> You're like, how did that end up in the trash? <laughs> right. Or you lose it and you find it years later. You're like, I was looking for that. You're like, huh. huh. That, that ended up in the bottom of that pile of fabric. <laughs> uh, yeah. Odd. Very strange. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, when you have limited space too, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. harder to keep things organized if you don't have systems and Mm -hmm. I can attest to that, but yeah, it's like, gotta have those systems in place or things go crazy. Yeah. And even in the studio at my mom's house, we have a ton of space. I mean, I say a ton of space. We've taken over like a lot of their house, but um, Mm -hmm. even in there it gets hectic and it's like, okay, we've got to fix this situation. And so we just keep finding little things to streamline better. And yeah, we just made up um, a new ironing station. My dad had built this like topper to go on top of our, the old ironing board. And so it was just like a big rectangular situation mm-hmm. that just sat on top of the old ironing board. And we saw, my mom saw something online and was like, I want to do this. And it's just like, two cube shelves yeah put together and then we the topper already fit on top of them perfectly and so we now have storage underneath our ironing station and yeah that is that is a dream um not achievable at the moment but it is it is on my list of that's what I will be doing because I have seen that exact setup yeah it's well because we have all the the stuff for the embroidery like yeah. we've got a tub of, you know, stabilizer and threads and we've got all the different hoops and all the things that was just like piling up and we're like, where the, where can we put this? And so yeah. now we've got little slots for everything and we've got kind of bins in there to help organize. And it's just like, you know, leveled up our organization. And my mom's already pretty good at staying organized and I'll come over on Mondays and she's like already rearrange the whole space again and I'm like oh now I have to figure out where everything is again <laughs> which is like good that it's at her house but also a drawback because I'm not there all the time to see what she's doing while I'm not around yeah <laughs> uh, but anyway yeah I I do I'm advocating for that so if you can ever get to that having that then I say do it Oh yeah. I, uh, we have no idea where we're going to wind up landing. I mean, we've, Mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah, the world is just chaos at the moment and personally and generally speaking. So we're like, we have no idea where we're going to wind up. So for all I know, we'll stay in this tiny little space and the boys will hopefully move out at some point and, uh, I can take over their room. Yeah. You're like, please leave. I need your room. (laughs) I love you, but get out. <laughs> I love you, but you have to. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're one, we've got one to go and it's like, he graduates in May and we're like, is it, we love you, but can you move out? Like, <laughs> no. 
just kidding mm. kind of but yeah uh, yeah yeah no they're yeah when you can see that end of that tunnel you're like ooh, there's yeah. a light and it's not a train coming yeah. the other direction oh, and it's not gonna run me over <laughs> that's awesome I like it yeah yeah no it's it's bittersweet but it's kind of like mm -hmm. we're like okay we're we're ready to be empty nesters <laughs> yeah yeah I think we are in this in between at the moment where like I, I can I don't want to I don't want to kick them out I don't want to rush them out I, mm -hmm. I really don't want them to make some foolish you know you're back here a year from now kind of kind of thing you want to set them up and and hope that they go out and Mm -hmm. make the right decisions but um the oldest one broke his ankle at work about a month ago so i rather feel like we have a toddler back in the house it's you're like and we're back to this <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's a thing it's been a year already mm, i agree with that oh my god i literally was like how is it only march how am I not a hundred years old right now? Like, I feel it. I don't understand. 2023 has really packed a punch and I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to maintain that, that mindset that it, it could be worse, but I hate that toxic positivity mm -hmm. mindset where, oh my gosh, you're just lucky that blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that may be, but it doesn't mean that I don't get to vent or be you know mm -hmm. dealing with whatever struggles but yeah I'm trying to walk that that fine line between realizing that yeah there could be a whole awful lot of stuff with also acknowledging that there's already been a whole awful lot of stuff mm -hmm. right and and that well at least it's like don't talk to me I hate if that. that's what you're gonna say yeah. to me like yeah please acknowledge that I'm struggling where I'm mm -hmm. at or this has been really hard for me where I'm at and that's it that's all there's yeah. no ands there's no buts there's no yeah. if only or you're lucky or like I don't want to hear any of that no like I'm, I'm no grateful that is for. never helpful no and it's like yeah. I know I know the good things I have in my life. Mm -hmm. I know that things could be worse, but this situation is what I'm facing. And this is, this is what I need to deal with. And like, yeah. don't swoop in and try to like, make me reframe my thinking by trying to tell me that I should be more grateful for my life. Like I'm already super grateful for my life, but yeah, it's yeah, just totally fine. Rant away. No, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just the toxic positivity I think has negatively impacted a lot of spaces and so mm -hmm. I'm here for people being real and just saying what like what their life is and yeah and allowing space to acknowledge that for themselves and acknowledge that for others so yeah yeah I think uh you know and then hopefully sewing and creating can help help you with that I know it helps me but oh for sure yeah, kind of a little outlet of emotions, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So what what is your sewing time like? Is it pretty structured for you? Do you have to like do it during a certain time of day or is it just a whenever you can squeeze it in kind of thing? Um, I 
very much, again, go with the flow. So there are days when the math brain is on and there are days when the math brain is not on. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to have different things that I can do depending upon what the time constraints are or what the brain happens to be doing that day. Mm -hmm. um, it it kind of depends. Um, I do have chauffeuring duties at the moment. So uh, I try to try to work around there. And that's the one piece of having your own business that is absolutely amazing is that you can make it mold your life more so than than not but I I struggle with um structure I need I need to give myself some structure but as far as actually achieving it it's hard when you're not in in an environment that forces structure on you, like I, th I can thrive in structure and I, mm -hmm. I do well with it, but to create it for myself, I'm like, uh, yeah, I got mm -hmm. other stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know about you, but I tend to dive into something and you realize you've neglected one or more areas. And so then you focus all of your attention for a while on that. And you're like, oops, mm -hmm. I forgot the balance again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that is one thing that, and I've heard it in like business books and just different things, but it's that whole idea of like, you have to create a schedule for yourself and try to stick to it and da da da. And I'm like, yep, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> well, and I'm really good and really good for, for a few weeks. And mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, yeah, something mm -hmm. changes. So yeah. Also yeah. a goal for this year, you know, you're just trying add one thing at a time and fix, fix that one thing. And mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. In, in the space where you are your own, your own boss and you you're running your own business. I think it is okay to change things that aren't working or, or to mm -hmm. just try something different. And then you can always go back to things that did work, but yeah, I think that like inflexible capitalistic idea of you have to go to work and stay in the structure and don't deviate and then go home and that flies out the window when you're your own boss and so like shaking free from from that mold that you kind of get stuck in with a an eight to five you know kind of mindset is that's part of that of kind of like oh I I can do whatever I want <laughs> yeah so yeah and it sounds like you know You've got a little military in your life. So structure is top he, notch he over there. That a, a long time ago though. Oh, I uh, <laughs> think back when we started dating, he was still rolling his socks, the Marine Corps way. And I'm like, Oh, like, Oh wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That has gone away. Now he stuffs them in the drawer like the rest of us. I was like, good, good job, honey. Well, I, I like that easy breezy kind of like, Oh, we, to just do craft whenever we want. Cause I think sometimes if you try to stay too structured also, like you might not have creative energy in that moment. And so it feels forced. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the reason. I mean, having things at different stages and that was kind of the rationale for my thinking so that when, when I'm not feeling particularly creative, I can go, okay, well, there's math to be done or there's piecing to be done. Um, 
but when I'm feeling in, in a particularly creative mood, then I'm going to sit and play on my computer or, you know, get mm-hmm. the graph paper out. Um, that I just prefer that. I don't, I don't, I, I know there are lots of people who are like, oh, nope, I'm going to set aside this time. And that's awesome that that works for them. I just, I can't roll with it. So. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely like, again, honoring yourself and where you're at and what your strengths and limitations are and just accepting that about yourself and not trying to fit yourself into someone else's mold, I think is key. And especially business ownership, like you have to do what works for business. I mean, there's tried and true practices that like probably you should follow if you want your business to be successful. But at the same time, like, I think there's still a lot of room to, to do things in a way that, that fit you and your personality. So yeah. How many, I want to know how many quilts you have in your house or how many quilts you've kept around. Um, so probably, probably kept about three dozen. I try to keep anything that is related to like a design that I did or, um, obviously anything that I made for family members, that kind of a thing, Mm -hmm. but probably three dozen that said, I did go through last summer and you know, that, that pile of tops that we all have, Mm -hmm. um, I looked at them and I said, I don't want this. I don't care why I pieced it. I don't want it. So I've been quilting those to donate. Because now I'm all hot and bothered to get rid of things like in a useful way. Yeah. But I I just I don't need them. Like I don't have that much space and I don't need them. So yeah, I try not to hold on to a ton. I mean, obviously it happens, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's it's hard to let them go. Like there's a few that I'm like, oh, I could get rid of that. And then I go to do it and I'm like, "Mm -mm, no, can't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some that I'm like, that will never leave. Yeah. 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 I think I have around 20 in my house, but I think I obviously have made way more just due to the nature of my business. But, Mm -hmm. um, for myself, I think I have around 20 in my house and then I've made, obviously made and gifted some, but, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like when your business is to make quilts for other people, it's kind of hard to find time to keep making quilts for yourself. And so I do have a quilt top that I finally uh, finished up and it's literally, I got a fat quarter bundle of Tula Pink All-Stars when it came out. Mm -hmm. The revision was it in 2019, I think. I don't know. Anyway, and I was like, I'm not cutting these up. So I literally just like, modified this pattern I had and just kept the fat quarters the same size and so it's a monster (laughs) I like um I like when people keep a lot of their quilts they're practical and yeah you know if you're doing this thing you love but not keeping your makes it's like I can get behind the the charity thing but well and and so many of the the ones that I decided were going to go to charity, they were other patterns that I'm like, I made it because I wanted to make it right. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily have an attachment to it for any particular reason. But I started 
business so quickly in relationship to starting to quilt, I was mm-hmm. like, I should probably hold on to these because I'm thinking, you know, fast forward as you go to somebody's trunk show, you're like, oh yeah, I probably should actually keep some of these quilts. Um, mm-hmm. One one particular story, I because I like to back all of my stuff in muslin because it's soft mm-hmm. and it's cheap. So um, I uh, learned the hard way with one of my, the, the cover quilt for my favorite pattern, um, learned the hard way you pre-wash that muslin mm-hmm. because it shrinks at a different rate than okay. the top quilt. So if you didn't know that, uh, yeah, pre-wash, pre-wash the muslin because okay. it's a great back. But again, it, it shrinks at a much higher rate. So I had done cool quilting on it and all of this stuff and then washed it. And I was like, oh, I lost <laughs> about two inches and the whole top is all crinkly. Like it's, it's cool. Still my favorite quilt to use, but I had mm-hmm. to remake the top. Oh no. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, no. lessons learned. Oh, oh well, no, I have to make another quilt. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was able to find most of the fabrics that I used because I was super partial to what I had put together for that. I was, it was, it was frustrating, but you know, lesson learned and one I like to share because. Yeah. Well, that's good to know because I think sometimes if you haven't worked with a fabric, like I don't think I've worked with muslin in that way. So I never would have known to wash it. Well, and I, the first time somebody brought something to me to quilt for them and they were using muslin, I was like, why would you spend all of this, this energy and time on that? And I was like, oh, actually it, when you wash it, it's super soft. Mm-hmm. It quilts great and it's way cheaper than backing fabric. So yeah, I hate piecing backs. Don't like them as a quilter. Don't yeah. like to piece them. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice. If you that's, haven't tried, it's no, that's good info. And you can get the wide stuff too, like mm-hmm. for pretty same inexpensive. And I don't like to piece back yeah. either. So I was trying to buy extra wide and I yeah. put minky on almost everything. So I just try to get the extra wide, but also I, I uh, learned a lesson with that too. Yeah. How to, how to load it on the long arm. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thankfully it was for my son so it didn't really matter but I was like mm, that was the wrong direction oh yeah. yeah yeah sometimes it's easier to load it one way versus another but and I it's been so funny because and I know I've talked about it before but just that like certain people will be like oh you can't quilt on minky and I'm like oh bullshit yes you can yes you and can we've literally had people bring stuff to us and be like I really wanted minky on the back of this but the, at the quilt shop they told me that nobody would quilt on minky and I was like who said that I'm gonna go slap yeah, them people for you do it all the time yeah um, and we literally carry minky just because we use it so much and we love to like offer it to people who maybe yeah. they've never considered it but you know it's like, no, we, I advocate for it because I love it on everything and it's not right for every project, but yeah, there's just so many different like styles and textures and, mm-hmm. you know, just different colors and you can really enhance a quilt with it. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild. It's, yeah. but it's not that hard to quilt on. People make it seem like it's so hard to quilt on and it's not. <laughs> well, I don't, 
I don't use it a ton mm-hmm. just because that's, I'm not, it's not the style of, of quilts that I'm making. I don't make a ton of stuff for kids anymore. I mean, minor, you know, um, when I made this one for my son some years ago, it was, it's not even actually Ninky. It was a different, I forget um, whose product it is. Same concept. Yeah. I just didn't understand the person when she said, load it this way. Like we were, we were not speaking the same language. And ah. so <laughs> I loaded it with the stretch going the wrong way. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And so when you pull it taut to quilt it, it's like, oh, yeah, that that shrunk. It gets like an hourglass shape. Yeah, it's 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 anyways. Um, (laughs) But it drives me crazy when they say you can't do X, Y or Z. It's like I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Watch. It's like the people going, you can't put batiks with quilting cottons. Yeah. They're you all can. cotton. Yeah. You can. And you know what? You can even put satin in there too, if you want. Yeah. yeah. You got to know how to work with it, but you can do it. That That's the thing. It's like, as long as you understand how everything is going to behave, do what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Rada and I were talking about too. Like, just use whatever fucking fabric you want. Like, it's not... Right. And listening to that, that conversation, it was kind of funny because I was reminded and that was right before um, the upcycle day for the IG quilt fest thing. And I was like reminded that I'm itching to tear apart my wedding dress. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's absolutely stunning. But I have boys like (laughs) this dress is going to sit in a box forever if I don't yeah. do something with it. And I'm like, I want to do something with it. And so I, I'm trying to de-stash so that I can tear that apart and put it in a box where the stash currently lives so that then I can, when something, some project happens that I'm like, ooh, that is an outstanding idea. Mm-hmm. Then I've got it ready to, wow, ready to pull from. That would be so cool. And then you've got it as a memory and you don't have to keep a dress that you're never going to wear again in your closet. Exactly. Or in a box. What is, what is the point? Because nobody's ever going to see it again. And it's such, you know, it was, it was just like, yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy idea. I like it. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like. And I'm sure, you know, um, it's appealing to keep some of it to do some sort of project for each of the boys for the wedding in particular, you know, you can Mm -hmm. something old, right? Sure. Um, But who knows when that's coming? So hopefully no time soon. Yeah. You just kind of never know what life's going to throw at you. (laughs) Yeah. Like who would have thought Yeah. 25 years ago, you know, it just. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like, I just laugh at myself. Like, cause when I was in high school, I just thought I'd have my shit together by the time I was 25. Don't we all? <laughs> I was like, that came and went a long time ago, and I still don't have my shit yeah. together, and I no. like it that way. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm absolutely on board with mm-hmm. not having any idea what we're doing. Yeah, I'm like it's just a freaking roller coaster it's all the time. Out okay so far. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'd rather be on this ride than the ride I thought I was on. So, for sure. That's- that's for damn sure but yeah you know it's you just got to take take life with a grain of salt I think sometimes and just laugh at it and move on because I think yeah 
like we were saying this year has been a punch in the face so far and it's been a shit show yeah but it's just, just call like, it what it is yeah it's but it's like what do you do sit and wallow or do you just keep finding ways to move forward and yeah it's kind of funny because this this is may or may not sound callous I don't know my, my grandmother passed away at like 12 30 on new year's day oh. like 12 30 a.m so thanks mom yeah <laughs> 11 30 on on the 31st was was overrated you had yeah <laughs> I I love and adore my grandmother but she had stopped being herself a mm. while ago um but when you think about it, you go, you, you start like everybody starts the year out. You're going, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. You have your plan. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had my plan. I had my email plan. I had my, had all these things and I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it wasn't unexpected, but it still, I was like, son of a bitch. And then I got to thinking about it and I'm like, but my grandmother was the generation where she's like, handle your shit and move on. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah I, I feel conflicted because mm-hmm. you know that was that was the intro to the year but at the same time I'm like she she's not wrong yeah yeah and I think I think it's okay to like acknowledge how you're feeling and and live in that space but like stopping your life and freezing up like I used to freeze up so much I'd get so stressed out and I would just freeze up and didn't know what to do and Mm -hmm. and my husband and I talk about all the time that like you get freedom no matter what your your financial or economic situation is in life you get freedom when you decide that you or you understand that you have choices like you're not ever stuck in the way that your life is. And, and those, some of those choices might be really hard and scary to make, but like you get to make that choice. Like that's your, that's your innate, right. As a living, breathing being on this planet, you get to choose. And so we are not trees. We don't have to where we were planted and we can, we can decide any given day to do something different than what we have been doing. And yeah. And if your life isn't working, then shake it up. Like, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, I, I think as an anxiety sufferer for so long, like I wanted, I craved that structure because it meant that I could control so much around me and I did not thrive with change and chaos. And the more I've embraced that I have choices and I get to make decisions and I'm not just, you know stuck with whatever life throws at me it's well and think about it and think about it this way because this is the one thing that I decided to consciously go into this year doing I started a little bit last year and well I started to be fair a little bit a few years ago but not deliberately mm-hmm. I call it planting seeds mm-hmm. so we have no control over what the outcome of this is but we can control how many opportunities we take or we create for ourselves or Mm -hmm. how many connections we make how many you know like how many patterns we release like we can control those things we can't control how it's received right but we can't control what we are doing and so Mm -hmm. that's my thought this year it's like I I can't control what I can't control but I sure as shit can control what I'm doing right you know yeah a hundred percent. And I think 
the more we embrace that concept. And I, I think too, like that people pleasing aspect and like being quote unquote nice Uh has taken over our society to the point where like people can't have honest conversations anymore. People don't know how to honor their truth and be okay with it and have hard conversations. And I'm a sufferer of that too. Like, I don't know suffering is the right word, but like, it feels like suffering sometimes when I know I need to have a hard conversation and I'm sweaty and I almost poop my pants. And like, I get so anxious and scared about it because I'm so worried about dis- disappointing someone that I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather continue suffering and just deal with it than do something about it. It's like, Oh no, I actually get to do something about this. Like I can stop the situation if I want to. And that has been extremely freeing, especially in this last, you know, year and a half of not being a teacher anymore and trying to create this path I'm on and trusting the process has been so scary, but every time I've kind of deviated from it, I'm very quickly reminded that like, no, no, what you were doing was just fine. Stop. Yeah. Stop jumping off the path because you're scared. And isn't that interesting how quickly that occurs? Because I, again, firm believer in any, any kind of, in, I have, you know, my, my belief system and, and whoever can believe like, however, whoever you want to um, credit this to, mm-hmm. but those reminders that no, no, you didn't misread. You were on the right path. You were exactly where you were supposed to be. And that is what you should be doing. And mm-hmm. how quickly when you make a change before, before something comes up that you're like, oh, wait, no, that was the wrong move. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, almost immediate at this point, if you're paying attention to your life and you're doing what, what you're really supposed to be doing, you're like, it it's quick. Mm-hmm. Those little, Oh, Hey, no course correction. Go back, go back to what you were doing. You were on the right path. You were headed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is just that little bit of consciousness to what that is and what that feels like. And that yeah. little bit of like self-witnessing is so mm-hmm. powerful and like mm-hmm. really grabbing the harness of knowing that you're, you are a powerful creator of your own life experiences. Like I have to hang on to that, like affirmation. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I got that one from, um, Dr. Nicole LaPera. She's a psychologist and she puts tons of free and super accessible information out on her Instagram and her uh, podcast, but I'm working through one of her workbooks right now called how to meet yourself. It's just that whole concept of like self-witnessing and like understanding your patterns with, with like a neutral, but like compassionate outlook of like just observing yourself. Why, why do you do what you do when you do it? And the more you understand those things, the easier, like you were saying it is to see those course corrections, like, oh shit, I did it again. I need to jump back on the path. I hopped off. Cause I was, I was scared or yeah. I caused a fight because I was in fight or flight mode, or I froze up because my nervous system was out of whack or whatever. It's like all those little things are so powerful. Yeah. And I think too, like there's a ton of pressure out there to be and do a certain thing but I don't like it. No, (laughs) I don't like the pressure. I want to do, 
I want to do me. I want to do what I want to do. And I love when I can see and tell that someone else is doing that same thing. Well, and you know, I don't, and I can never remember where this saying came from or who said it, but that, you know, when you get to a point in your life where you become the person you were always meant to be, because we spend so much of our, our younger years conforming, Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. by design, in a lot of ways, it's like, yeah, sorry if this offends, but it just is what it is. But the education system, mm-hmm. like the the whole damn thing was designed to create compliant factory workers mm-hmm. um, that that isn't beneficial no. to us as individuals or anything. And so when you spend 12 out of your, you know, 12 years in school being trained to fit mm-hmm. in a box, you're like, when you finally stop trying to fit other people's expectations of you or to stay in the box that they think that you should be in, mm-hmm. it's simultaneously terrifying and also super freeing. Mm-hmm. I strongly advocate for education in the sense that like learning, I think is so important and educating yourself is so important and you don't have to be like a university educated person to have lots of knowledge and lots of understanding. But I think like there is so much power in knowledge and, and understanding. But I also think that our current system is not serving, not serving the strengths of, of our population as a whole. And so definitely something's going to have to get overhauled, but yeah, it's not going to be me. (laughs) Uh, No, no, I want no part of it. I'm just going to sit in my corner and quilt stuff and yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Totally slightly education related and also um, previous episodes. So about midway through your conversation with Ashlyn and I Mm. listened to the podcasts on like uh, faster speed. So I lost Mm. track of who actually said this. Um, You guys were talking about beginning quilt classes at local quilt shops and wanting them taught differently and and sincere question because I'm just like I am a a big why person Mm -hmm. so been this way my whole life like I want to understand the purpose behind something so then I can say um and just slight tangent Mm -hmm. the workplace if you're asking me to gather data Mm -hmm. I want to know all the things that you want to do with that data because I don't like rework. I like to understand what the end result is going to be mm-hmm. so then I can get it in the right way. Right. So I'm yeah. like, okay, so you want it taught differently, but what does that look like? Yeah. I think maybe Ashlyn was saying that, but because I don't exactly remember either, but I think the result of a lot of quilting classes is that they're taught a certain way. The teacher just tells people, you just do it this way. This is the only right way to do things. And so then people leave thinking that they can only sew or they can only quilt in a certain way, or that there's only one way to make a border, or there's only one way, you know, to piece things together. And, and I think the result of that is a lot of like, it pushes a lot of people out because then they are like, well, if I don't do it right, then my quilt isn't going to be good enough. And so I think for me, from my perspective, and again, like I said, I don't exactly remember who was saying what either, but I think from my perspective, just as a whole, the quilting community is fantastic. 
and I love it, but there's also still like a, a subset of people in the community who really like to gatekeep the information about quilting. Yeah. And then they like to push their perspective as the only perspective. And we got to stop doing that. If we want future sure. generations to quilt, we have to stop side-eyeing people's makes. We have to stop judging how people came to creating their piece of art. Yeah. And we have to just open it up and say, and like you said, explain why you're saying what you're saying. Don't just tell me, well, this is just how you do it. Okay, Brenda, but why? But why? <laughs> well, and I, so I, sorry if your name is Brenda, by the way. <laughs> totally not. I'm not naming anybody specific. I'm just, it's just the name that popped in my head. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I like Brenda better than, than Karen. Karen's overused. So yeah. Yeah. So and we're Brenda going with Brenda. <laughs> Brenda. Um, no, cause I mean, I'm, I'm thinking even back to quilting for other people. Mm -hmm. um, that'll teach you a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that I'm like, mm, the one corner I no longer cut for my own peace of mind is squaring blocks because mm. like as tedious as it is, I know that what I want at the end of the day for any given piece, like if I am working on something that I want a custom quilt, mm -hmm. I'm like, nope, you better believe I'm going to be squaring those blocks. If I were going to put something in a show, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that just because it'll right. fix the overall outcome. But it's mm -hmm. interesting that I haven't, haven't really arrived upon um, any sort of consensus is not the word. Like I've, tr I've tried to, you know, ask people gentle questions like, Hey, did you, did you do this when you pieced? No. Okay. Just mm -hmm. so you know, um, it, if you do that, it, it will help, uh, X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z issue. And it's amazing to me that even no matter how gentle it is, no matter how real the thing is, people, people are funny. Yeah. People funny are funny. A word for it. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I'm very curious because I've, again, always been the why, like, tell me why I need to do stuff. So then yeah. truth be told, I never measure a border ever, ever, ever. Oh, I don't really? care. Yeah. No, I don't do it. I know how. Mm -hmm. So all of my instructions will tell you this is how you should do it. Mm -hmm. I never do. Yeah. Because I don't care. And I'm quilting my own stuff. So as far as I'm concerned, when I'm cursing myself as I'm, you know, putting a pleat in my border, that's my own fault. Right. Um, but it's just, it's like learning the rules so that you can break them, you exactly. know. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. don't, you can't break the rules unless you know the rule and then you know why you're breaking it. And, why, you know? And yeah, it's that why, like why. And I think that's, that's where, that's where that sentiment comes from of like wanting it done differently. Tell me why I need to do things this way. And then that way I can decide for myself what works best for me. And I'm, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. Square your damn blocks. If you want a straight ish, because I mean, what quilt is ever completely square? Yeah. None that I've ever made, but nope. you will get a better result if you square your blocks and you measure your borders and you don't do bias seams on your bordering. And, you know, I know I've said it a million times and, and because it's true every single time, anytime we've, 
I've quilted for someone else and their border contains bias seams, there's always extra volume that doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. So if you're bringing me your quilt and you want me to keep it square, then there's certain things that I, that I want from you. And I will explain why, because I'm not going to just say, well, it just has to be this way. I'm going to tell you exactly why I want it that way. And if you don't care that your, your border is going to have pleats in it, or I have to put some folds into your quilt top because you didn't square your blocks and you're fine with it, then that's fine. As long as you know, yeah. and you can make that decision and, and you're fine with it, then that's fine with me too. I just don't yeah. like, I don't like the, you just have to accept this information and don't question it. It's like, well, I'm going to question it. I'm going to question it. My favorite word is why. Yeah. Yeah. And I think after some obscenities. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> Always in there. That's, I mean, I do have the moniker of cussy quilter for a reason. So I it just is what it is. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. There's just, there's always room for an F-bomb. You raised a pirate. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, it's fine. But yeah. yeah, that's, I think truly that's where that comes from. And that's where any sort of perceived criticism of the quilting community comes from is like, I'm just tired of, of people being so judgy and I'm just tired of people being so like, disclusive is that a word I don't care I'm making uh, it up sure if inclusive is a word disclusive is a word okay exclusive well yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna say disclusive because I like it sure. better it's just the idea that like you certain groups of people or certain ways of thinking are kept out and I don't like that so let me ask you this because I've noticed um within our own smaller circle right mm -hmm. so I have encountered some of that you know that I just call it the grouchy old and honestly they're not old like that's no. the disturbing part the, the particular group of people that I'm like most um annoyed by they're actually probably early 60s mm. I mean they're not they're not even the older yeah. the older half of of the the quilting generation sure. but what I think is interesting is when they know you you suddenly drop in their sort of estimation and I would go back to putting people in a box like mm -hmm. they have their expectations of you and your abilities so mm -hmm. if you stand up there and you're teaching or you're, you know, doing, doing something. And they're like, well, how dare you mm -hmm. put a pattern out? How dare you do something like this? And they don't say that. Sure. Except with every look on their face and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. well, I'd have to buy all this yardage. Yeah. That's like how you make quilts. <laughs> I, for any pattern, like yeah. what, what is what kind of question is that I mean come on but yeah. it's interesting to me because they they will do that and they mm -hmm. they want you to fit in their little set mm -hmm. of expectations that they have for you right and that is that is just it that's that's all that's all there yeah. is to it yeah um well it's super sad too because I think there are so many amazing welcoming non-judgmental mm -hmm. people in the quilting community and I mm -hmm. am so grateful to have met and been around so many of of them and 
but the ones that can't handle it can't handle that inclusivity and can't handle the openness of the newer generation of quilters and not all of the newer generation of quilters are like that you know some of them are snarky bitches too but uh yeah yeah i've met some you know, of them too so i can't i think that like granny old granny quilter you know quote unquote mentality doesn't necessarily apply to all quilters of a certain age it's like if you have that mentality that and I think it's that stereotypical person like you said who wants you to fit in their box who wants you to do things the way that they want you to do them otherwise they harshly judge you they talk shit about you they mm-hmm. they let you know that they hate your stuff it's like just don't talk to me like you don't yeah. have to tell me that you don't like me you can move along scroll and by my experience is my experience and you know i think that's where the the line gets drawn is that it's that like like you were kind of saying with your grandma that like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get shit done it's like okay great but I also have emotional damage that I need to <laughs> also well, live with. <laughs> I, I like to I like to do that happy medium because the reason yeah. I even say that is because there is value in that. Okay, yeah, let's acknowledge how we feel, but let's not pack up and live there forever because exactly. there's that. And we see it all over society these days. It's like there's there's right. people who are like, I'm acknowledging what I've what I've gone through, what I am going through, mm-hmm. all of the things, but I still need to acknowledge that I have some choices here. Right. And I and can choose some different things. So there's right. that take from every experience and every generation something, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. that that just happens to be what I took from my my grandmama yeah. at the moment is get your yeah. shit done. So, yeah, which I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that happy medium of it, like acknowledging and honoring where you're at and then also finding a way to move forward and grow yeah. is, is super important. I just think some people have gotten stuck in the way that their lives are and they don't want to yep. see people thrive because they didn't get to thrive. And that, and that right there, that is exactly what it is because I mm-hmm. sit there in, in, in particular with, with this collection of people that I'm thinking of, um, we've all met them. Like they mm-hmm. exist everywhere, but I yeah. think it is because they felt like they were not allowed to be different, to do different. They had to fit in the box. They were mm-hmm. told a certain, you know, they were given a certain set of expectations that I don't have to live with. Right. So I benefit from them Mm -hmm. uh, in the sense that I can move on and do what I want. I'm not told that I'm not allowed to do something anymore, but you're not being told that either. Like there is precisely nothing stopping you random Mm -hmm. person from deciding, Hey, if you have a dream of doing X, Y, or Z, go after it because who cares? Go do it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think that's just it. And I think in doing this podcast and in my presence in the quilting community, wherever I'm at mm-hmm. in my guild at the quilt shops here in my business, you know, my goal only ever is to reach out and say, this is a safe space for you. Mm-hmm. If you are going to come at me with your shitty attitude and try to boss me around, I don't have room for that. I love no. you, but respectfully go away. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's really hard for me because I am rejection sensitive. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I know I'm opening myself up to that by doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I'm probably going to find more people who think like I do than, than the who think differently. And, and it's okay for people to think differently. I'm not saying that you can't think differently. I'm just saying like, if it's going to be in contradiction to what I'm trying to do, and you're going to try to put a barrier in my way of going where I'm trying to go, then I don't, I don't need that. And, yeah, and other people don't need that either. Like your judgy mentality isn't helping anybody. It's just hurting you in the long run because you're pushing people away with it. Where as you know, there's a lot of us trying to, to recreate this space so that everybody feels safe in it so that everybody yeah. can come in and make what they want to make and share it with pride and, and not get a bunch of backlash from people saying, mm, you didn't make your corners right. Or mm, you didn't do that. Right. It's like, Ugh. You don't have Pick what again. you want and keep your mouth shut and move on with your life. Nobody cares what you have to say. Exactly. Like, it's like, you know, please just, if it's, if someone's truly being obnoxious and offensive and disgusting, then call them out. But like, yeah, if it's someone's quilt that they made and they're super proud of their artwork. Yeah. And, and that's the funny part. It's like, how hard is it to just simply not like, I, how many times have we seen a show and tell where somebody's like, presenting their thing and you're like oh I don't I don't dig those colors but you just mm-hmm. smile mm-hmm. and keep your mouth shut like yeah it's fine you don't yeah. have to have an opinion might not be have my an opinion. favorite you don't have to share. sure right well and that's the thing too is I think like that it is that way with everything that you're not you're you as a person not you specifically but like yeah us as human beings we aren't going to be for everyone mm-hmm and that's okay. And when we can accept that about ourselves, then we can accept that about other people. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, with how far and widespread people's, you know, makes and shares go because of social media. Yeah. They're open to a wider audience and open to yeah. more people thinking that they can criticize your shit. And, and that's fine. Like, like you said, you can have your opinion, but you don't have to share it. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to hear if you don't like my quilt, just don't say anything. And, and yeah. I'm still going to, whether you like it or not, whether you comment or not, I'm still going to do what I'm doing because yeah. my, again, my experience is my experience. And if you don't like what I have to say about my experience, then maybe look in the mirror, you know? Yeah. Maybe take a moment to go, why is that bothering me that she doesn't like when people act this way towards her? Well, you know, yeah, it might be calling out something that, that that person's doing. And, and that's probably why they don't like it. And I just think people aren't looking at themselves in the mirror enough in that sense of like understanding why they're doing what they're doing. Why are people responding to me this way? Well, you're probably (laughs) being real ugly. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. I, I've just had some recent run-ins too with some people that just, they're like, your, your stuff clearly isn't geared for me, but here's why I don't like it. And I'm like, okay. Well, if it's not geared for you, then I don't need your input. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Like I'm talking to people who 
who are, who are having these experiences and, and need to feel heard and need to feel seen that like, yes, I love quilting, but I also am so tired of feeling like I'm being judged everywhere I go and every Mm -hmm. around every corner. And unless I'm putting my quilt into a juried show, I don't need your judgment. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I just, I do want to express gratitude for all the people who are working to buck the status quo and yeah. And recreate this space to be more welcoming and to be more inclusive oh I do have some more quilting questions I want to ask you if we okay. can, if you don't mind switching gears a tiny bit that, that's totally fine that. unless you're like I'm sick of you I need to go uh, you're fine okay well I do just want to know like if you have a favorite quilt you've ever made and like what about it makes it your favorite? Um, underwater basket weaving, which the part that makes it my favorite, it was the first design that I had come up with. And when I finally figured it out, like this stupid quilt goes together ridiculously quick, but it looks complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not easy to piece. Um, I sized it for the the pattern that's currently out there so you can... Mm-hmm. I think I have it in three sizes, but scaled it rather was the word I was looking for. But that happens to be my favorite only because it, it's just a, it's a personal attachment. It was sort of where, where stuff started. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. I was looking at your patterns and they're so pretty and I'm excited to see more that you're yeah, I've got at least six designing. that are that are in process, and I'm going to do uh, working on a block of the month that I'm going to do with one of the local quilt shops here, uh, just for them. And so, when we're done through the store, um, I'll put that up as well. Um, awesome! Yeah, that's exciting. It it's different. I haven't done one before, and I literally have never done one. I have a block of the month kit that somebody had brought to me and I wanted to custom quilt it. And I was like, there's no way they're going to pay me to custom quilt that because that would have cost a bloody fortune. But I found Mm -hmm. the kit and I'm like, okay, I haven't made it yet because, (laughs) you know, busy. And and so I'm like fumbling my way through trying to, you know, figure out the way that it makes sense in my brain to put this together and to have people make it because I personally value efficiency Mm -hmm. over a lot of other things because I don't want you to get frustrated and bored I want you to be able to move through a design reasonably quickly Mm -hmm. um doesn't have to be done in a day underwater basket weaving if you're doing the throw size could easily be done in a day um but I that that's what I I like so working on a bunch of stuff and I'm that's I aim to have twice as many on my website as I do now by the end of the year so that's awesome that's so cool. And that like, what a fun thing to collaborate on is, you know, doing your own little block of the month. And that's it. probably so exciting for them too. Like, I don't know. Well, just... it is fun. And they're, they're a newer shop and hmm. it was one of those, there's another shop in, in the area that also wanted something. They wanted something that you couldn't just go to a fabric company and get at any shop because right. they want their customers to come to them. 
sure for a reason and I was like well that's a perfect opportunity like I have no no issue mm-hmm. um collaborating and and I'm actually collaborating with them at the moment on a challenge it was a it's called the color cube challenge Sarah Renee Clark who is out of Australia has these amazing um color cubes and she took photos stunning photos and created palettes out of them um so check her out she is these are phenomenal resources and so we had them pick a number and they have to make a a project with four of the the colors on the color palette and so so far people seem to be really excited most of them were like "Mm, not my thing Mm -hmm. but it causes you to kind of stretch those creative muscles in a direction that you might not otherwise have gone. Right. So that's a fun way to do that. Cause I think we get stuck in a rut choosing absolutely the things that we like to choose. And then it's hard to pick anything different. It's like, I would never have looked at certain colors had I not worked with them on other people's quilts or Mm -hmm you know, quilted someone else's quilt made with a certain color palette. And I'm like, oh my God, I never would have thought to mix those together. But my, my favorite thing to do now is to add sort of a, a gold color. Mm-hmm. Um, Goldenrod would be probably the closest name that I could come up with to blues and teals and yeah. purples. Never would have thought about it, except mm-hmm. I had a customer who brought that in and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that works. That works. Yeah astoundingly well yeah it really does and like that freaking color wheel it's crazy how like it's like I will tend to stick with cool colors and like ignore the warm ones Mm -hmm. because I just I don't gravitate towards the warm warm tones or warm colors but like anytime it's like yeah that goldenrod is gonna pair well with purples it's gonna pair well with blues it's gonna pair well with teals because it's a directly opposite on that stinking color wheel and it's like yeah and you forget sometimes Mm -hmm. or you know opposite adjacent it's like yeah (sighs) okay I guess art class does help in this it does (laughs) thanks college but (laughs) yeah right not that you have to go to college to look at a color wheel but I did take you know an art uh methods class to Mm -hmm. you know for my teaching degree and my art teacher happened to be the art teacher at the school I taught at Um, so that was really fun but just those little things come in so handy for for quilting that I'm like oh thanks Linda you're you're the best than me I at some point fancied myself uh interested in a double major and I was like I was going to do art and I took one I think it was art history and I was like no, because it was too much um, analyzing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, actually the shirt is red because they ran out of blue paint. Sometimes it's really that simple. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like you look at the, like I can look at a quilt and I can go, that just doesn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And so then you're like, I think it means purple. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's just as simple as that. I, there yeah. was not really a lot of thought that went into it. It was just, eh. Yeah. This is what I'm going with today. I'm feeling red, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's funny how much like weight is put on certain artists or certain, even now, like certain creators, like, and it's like, oh, they must have had some prolific reason behind why they chose, made this choice when it really is sometimes that just like, well, I just know, I don't know. I just, it needed something different. So I just grabbed something else. It's like, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny cause I'll listen to people talk about their, their process and their method and, and the more words they use, the less I believe them <laughs> because I'm like having done art literally my entire life, mm-hmm. 95% of it can be boiled down to, I looked at it and it wasn't right. So I picked something different because that's just what my brain said. It needs this. And I went, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. And it looked good. So I left it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you it's know? super funny. Like, and I, not to, I, this is in no way meant to disrespect artists or, or anybody in their craft, because I think, you know, people who design, design fabric prints or are creating art. Like I love mm-hmm. that. Cause I think yeah, if that's yeah. what speaks to your soul, then yeah, do that. And it's just, I think on the outside, people can tend to put more weight on things than, than needs to be placed there. And like, my husband and I went to Spain this summer and I made him go to a, a, a museum. I think it was um, an early Picasso. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyway. And so it was just like all of his early sketching and like how his traditional art, like he was trained traditionally in painting and all this stuff. And so it's like a lot of that. Uh-huh. which was amazing and then it's like as you go through the museum it starts to get into more of his like weirder stuff yeah and there's a room full of paintings of pigeons and they're literally just like circles with like lines off their backs for feathers and my husband was like what are we looking at I don't even know anymore I'm like I don't know <laughs> And it's just this whole idea that it's like, oh, it's Picasso. It's this big deal. And I'm like, but he literally painted the same thing 50 times just with different colors. And like those studies are funny too, because I did a study abroad in Moscow right after high school. And we Mm -hmm. went to Trechikov and there's an entire wall size, like huge, significantly large. I forget what the dimensions are. This stunning painting Mm -hmm. don't even remember the artist but in the same room they had all of the studies that the Mm -hmm. that the artist did so all these little tiny and you just look and you're like again they did it 15 times because Mm -hmm. it wasn't right Mm -hmm. and we don't know what was going through their head but they're just like "Eh, not feeling it yeah but now there's not necessarily any meaning to be delved from that it's just it's like they were just trying different shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just got to a point where we were just like, okay, we get it. Like he was doing stuff like. And some and of those art museums are funny because you you do, you get to a point where you're like, okay, are we done yet? Mm-hmm. Because there's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. Just, just because it had somebody's name on it doesn't mean that it needs to be showcased. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I know that his style and what he brought to the art community is a big deal, but I just think at, at the end of the day, it's just like, he was just a person it, trying to express mm-hmm. himself in the way that felt best for him. And like, mm-hmm. and I think we like put people on pedestals when, and then that's where we get this weird comparison game. And then that's where the judgment comes in. And then that's how we get into the situations we're talking about of like, getting people who think that they have that their opinion has more weight than mine just because they think that their way is more important than mine and like 
I'm going to defer to experts and then, and then I'm going to do what, what's best for me from that information. And if you're just some random person sharing your opinion, like I respect that you have an opinion, but I don't have to listen to it. And like, it just, it all kind of circles back into that. Like, we just got to live and let live and, mm-hmm. and support each other. Like what, what is it going to hurt if you give someone else encouragement or you give them yeah. a boost up instead of trying to tear them down to where you're at? Like, yeah, I don't know. And that is, that is one of those things that it, it's just like, I feel like women do this to each other far mm-hmm. more uh, often than we will acknowledge, but it's like, yeah. oh, I've gotten to a certain point, but I don't want you to get to that point. So I'm going to crush your spirit. I'm going to stomp on you. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And you're like, does it really hurt to just not do that? I I don't think so. Like nobody's taking away from you by also doing this, this thing. Right. Um, I don't even know where, who it was or. It was, you know, because it was just recently International Women's Day. I don't know what mm-hmm. day it was, March 6th. I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. So, of course, there was like a ton of stuff being posted on Instagram and all this stuff. But I did see this this post. And I'm so sorry if you know who it is and you can credit it and do that in the comments. But, like, she was just saying, like, it was a video of her just saying, like, I'm a safe woman. I'm not after your relationship. I'm not after your job. I'm not after your life your style I like I'm just here existing in my own space trying to make my life meaningful and I am in no way doing any of this to threaten anyone else like I'm just like yeah we need more of that energy because I think too even in this creative space of quilting it is predominantly women and uh-huh. like there's this whole idea that like we have to compete against each other because there's you know only so much out there for each one of us and I think that's bullshit like there's it's not a zero-sum game no and we all have infinite infinite possibilities for anything we want to achieve in our lives we just have to go after it and it's not anybody else's responsibility so yeah anyway i'm i'm here to be a safe woman for anybody who needs to know that but (laughs) yeah i'm not after anything you've got i just want to help shine lights on people who i think are doing good in this community so yeah I like it but oh my gosh okay I think I need to be done rambling (laughs) you probably story of my life right oh but I have really enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate uh having the space to do so with you and getting to meet you in this way yeah (laughs) another Amanda to be in solidarity with oh god it's so funny I, like I don't I don't my entire life it's not like there's not a million Amandas out there but you run into and you're like okay yeah mm-hmm. you're like oh, oh that's your name too okay great okay. I'm not the only one in the room awesome I love this for me <laughs> well and I don't know how old you are but um my mom has told me this story before she's like oh there were no Amandas when you were born mm-hmm. and there was some soap opera at the time where like six months later one of the characters had a baby and named her Amanda. And after that, that's where, and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh Fun. Thanks mom. (laughs) Not that I wanted a, you know, unique name, but you're like, Oh, 
okay. Yeah. No, I, well, I'm 37 for the record, but, um, my, (laughs) I think my great, great, great grandmother was named Amanda. Oh, nice. I think, but that's the story I've heard, but I'm not sure. I also, the other name that was, um, my mom was contending with was Victoria, but she didn't want anybody to call me Vicky. So I'm really, you know, I'm grateful for that, but I like the name Victoria, but I wouldn't want to be called Vicky either. Yeah. So it's not like that I have right now, Vicky, but well, and I, I don't either. It's like, there's a lot of Amanda's who go by Mandy, but don't like the only yeah. people who literally are allowed to, to call me that are my mother, my sister, and my husband. And like, mm. just don't do it. Yeah. My, nuts. my family does. And like my grandparents and uncles and stuff, but my husband has literally never called me Mandy. Like there's no one else outside of my family that calls me Mandy and I don't ever introduce myself that way. And nobody no. has ever even attempted to call me that I've got lots of other nicknames, but well, Mandy is not felt childish to me. And I, I remember being in the workplace at one point and, um, because this particular work environment, there were people I knew, uh, who knew me from school, mm-hmm. um, high school, they they would call me like this dude would call me on the radio and call mm-hmm. me Mandy and I'm like I'm I'm not responding to you and I just wouldn't I would ignore yeah. him until he called me Amanda because I'm like I am not a child yeah and I am at work right I have never presented myself that way so right unless you introduce yourself that way like don't call me that <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like yeah. I, I don't I don't know that I would care if it didn't feel like you were talking to like, again, my mother calls me that. Right. Right. And I don't know about you, but I perpetually feel like a child in my mother's presence. Mm -hmm. So yeah, same, you know, which is like, you know, that is a, that is a little tricky spot for me working with her is like, I have to remember like, oh, I'm not seven. Like, yeah, I'm a grown ass woman. Yeah. (laughs) And not that she's doing anything like I just that's that's my shit. Well, thank you again so much for joining. me. Thank you. I've really enjoyed this and I hope we stay in touch. And I'm really looking forward to seeing your next new patterns come out. And Um, I promised a, a random woman in the quilt shop that I would have one by the end of May. But I plan to have one more out by the end of April. Okay. So, okay. That's good to know. If not two. Okay. So we'll be looking for that this, this spring. And meanwhile, people can check you out where, what's, so where can people find you online? I guess. Uh, The easiest is uh, quiltitlist.com. And then there's a, there's a link to my, my Shopify on there. And if you search alibicreative.com, I think it redirects to quiltitlist. So. Okay. Cool. Which will probably day the way yeah the way it is okay well i will put those links in the show notes so people can just get you on one click and otherwise thanks again and we'll chat soon thank you